This is Rhetoric in Retrospect. I'm David. I'm joined today by my associates, Max and Ben. In this episode, we will discuss mind palaces. So, my 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 friends, my my buddies. Hello. Hello. What do you guys think when I say mind palace? I'm not really sure what to think. Uh, up until recently, I, I I would not have known what you meant, but in working towards memorization of many things, mind palaces are an excellent tool, as I am sure you will inform us. And yeah, a, a tool for memorization, the method of Loki, as Wikipedia says. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's different. It's different. It's different. You'll see. Um, yes. So the the first thing that comes up when you search mind palace uh, on on Google is the method of Loki. It's just right there. And so I'll give you a bigger background on that. And then I'll tell you what I mean when I say mind palace. So the method of Loki is a device used by the Romans. Uh, it's mentioned in Kikoros de Oratore. Uh, pardon my pronunciation. I, uh, <laughs> I, I pronounce some, some things just because of Latin. And it's used by the Romans, or it was used by the Romans, to remember virtually unlimited amounts of information, but only in a fixed order. So... So only in one connection, so from thing to thing, think like a string of knowledge. Yeah. So you'd you'd memorize one thing and then it'd go to the next and it would branch off of the thing that you just memorized. I don't think that the method of Loki caused what I consider to be a mind palace, what I have heard from several people to be called a mind palace uh i think one is just a device that was used for memorization Mm -hmm. by the ancient romans and one is an actual mind palace so what i mean so uh uh, are you do you have any questions on the method of loki i don't think so i think it's pretty straightforward and i think a lot of us have probably heard of assigning um ideas or whatever you're trying to memorize to a, a place as the loki for or the latin for loki is place yes yeah the 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 most thank you thank you for bringing that up because the the most common sort of situation in which the method of loki can be applied is if you were imagining your house yeah right and you would go through your house and say the first thing that you look say say you have to uh remember to to pay the electric bill or you have to uh i don't know uh pick up a new countertop right so you'd you go to your you go in your front door in my front door the the breaker is right to the left please don't cut to, to, please don't like come to my house and cut off the power um, <laughs> so it's right to the left, so I'd look to the left in my mind and remember that I looked to the left, and I'd say, "Oh, I have to pay the electric bill," uh, and then I'd look straight ahead at the table or the counter, and I'd say, "Oh, 
I have to buy a new countertop. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it goes like that. Or you can imagine if it's not tasks like that that can relate to things in your home. Uh, what I find helpful if I'm using the method of Loki is to imagine a piece of paper. And on the piece of paper is uh, the more shocking the the detail to the paper the better because then you'll remember it more but just something on the paper whether it be a picture or it be words or something so that you can remember things yeah yeah and and i i I see before i knew that the method of loki i i can sort of see the flaws in it being that you can't jump in halfway and i particularly noticed that in playing piano I really like to memorize piano pieces, but when it's a really long and complex piece and I don't have my music with me, my worst fear is that I'll miss one or two notes, because once I do, I'm thrown off and I don't know what's next, and I can't jump back in halfway through. It has to come from the beginning as you're walking through your whatever it is in your mind. You you turn to the left, but if you don't turn to the left first, you don't remember what you do next. It's a very linear thing. It's hard to um, jump in halfway. Yes. All right. So are you are you familiar with the method of Loki? Do you have any questions? Do you comments? Don't queries so. boundaries. Uh okay. So now we go on to what I mean by a mind palace. So just a little disclaimer. This is the way my mind works. Uh-huh. Alright. However, it doesn't take it. It doesn't take a genius to do this. I'm certainly not a genius. <laughs> um, it Anybody can do this. It's probably not going to look like what mine does. You should, if you're going to do this, it takes time. and Or at least it took me time. And you have to embrace the way your mind thinks. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's... It just... It... it, it it's not that taxing. It just takes a while to build it and to become familiar with your mind. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, all right. This is going to be a lot of picture this so that you can, <laughs> you can imagine and feel free to ask as many questions as you'd like. So in my mind, I have the main person, which is the observer, right? And Hopefully this isn't too weird of an episode, (laughs) but I have the main person who is the observer and he's just sort of floating in a pool. And as, and like, if you can imagine the pool is, is on the floor and on the ceiling, what he's looking up at is what I see. Uh Uh-huh. Right. So it's just sort of, it's, it's just what I see. And then these... Sounds like a psychedelic experience. These these orbs of information or bits of information come down, right, from the world. And the observer gathers these bits of information and he carts them off to the second person who is the organizer. Now, the observer goes back and forth. Uh... Usually when I'm when I'm sleep, I, I, I'll say when I'm sleeping. Uh huh. Yeah. 
this is this is really i i hope you don't uh, <laughs> like think i'm crazy because i i picture little men <laughs> going around in my head but yes uh so anyways that is what the observer does observers observes the world takes information carts it off to the organizer now the organizer okay the organizer he is the one that um looks at the information and he puts it in in order and if you can imagine a constellation almost right huh. with connections to different stars imagine that but it's that's what i know is just the a bunch of these orbs of information and they're all connected you know how the method of Loki has one connection per thing? Mine can have multiple connections to different orbs, but it's all organized. It's not like a mess or a jumble or anything. It's all laid out. And so uh, if I imagine a cow, I can imagine it producing milk and I can pr- imagine it. So I can imagine the the produce section of it. I can imagine... Uh-huh. Um, the the latin root of it where we get the different uh things from it so there's there's different connections to each one that's a really bad example i'm trying to think <laughs> of something that has multiple connections maybe books is that when you think of books there's multiple processes and like manufacturing and also there's dozens of different books and uh that that are associated with just the source book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is very interesting because I've never heard this the spiel of yours before, David. But I've had a, a similar thing in my head from a really young age. I, I still remember laying in bed and I, and I would just have these little. I would imagine these little circles of, yes, of math yes. and, and and playing outside and the chickens. Yes, and, and I would draw all, all these lines. Yes. And sometimes I would change the colors of the lines or remove lines. But that's always something that's been really interesting, finding the, the integration, the connections, the things. Because you know that everything is integrated yes. to a degree. And yes. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. It usually, I don't know, I've heard from people, this is a lot of just online research of mind palaces, but uh-huh. I've heard from people that it starts out when they're young and they're just left with, after their childhood, they're left with this sort of system of thinking. And they don't know where it comes from they just it's just the way that they do things regularly and the way they think about things and the way they organize information Hmm. and so if you're going to to build a mind palace you have to build off of that system of thinking right yeah and it can be any sort of structure it has to be a mental structure but it can be any sort of look or it, it can have any sort of of it's it's yours to customize and to uh-huh. to build off of but it has to embrace your style of thinking in order for it to be efficient and for it to work yes yeah so anyways these the, these can have multiple connections and you can go off of you can train yourself to to think of one thing and then it'll go on to the next but it could go off to two things and in a certain system of thinking or in a certain train of thought, you would go to one and then to the other and you would see uh, that y- you would have to discern which which paths to go through. And so 
it's especially helpful when you're memorizing Shakespeare because when you're memorizing yes. Shakespeare, the the words have separate meanings sometimes. And so you have to, and they, they have different images associated with them and they sort of paint out this beautiful picture and they tell a story. And if you go from one to the next to the next, you can have, it's especially helpful when you're, when you're, uh, when you have lines that are repeated or you have similar stories. Cause if you start from one thing and they both, and both, uh, lines start from that sort of idea, you can picture them going in order. You can picture, okay, so if I'm talking about the relationship between England and France, King John, uh, <laughs> We're going to go from the the right to the or the 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 right to the left, right, and sort of how how do you picture that? Like a rake, you know how a rake is constructed at the end? Yeah, yeah. So it's like huh. one, two, three, four, and you go in order, but then those those rake uh, bits go from one to the next to the next to the next, and they go in this system. And sometimes they can loop back. Loops are very fun, but looping back is is kind of hard because then you have to organize the information so that it all fits. But uh, you can you can go from one to the next to the next, and then go back to the relationship between England and France, and then you go to the second. Uh, what's the word? The second rake. Uh, prong. The prong. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> And you go one to the next to the next, and it's very interesting. What do you guys think about that? I I find that really in, yeah, because connections are something that our brain is really excellent at making, and memory in general is something that's always fascinated me. And I always wondered once I I can't I was just looking for it, but I can't find the source. I heard that uh, the human brain can hold in computer equivalent data one terabyte of data. I'm thinking, hmm, well that's a lot, but it doesn't seem as much as we can remember. Because we can remember with almost photographic accuracy uh, at least some details of certain scenes that are 10 years ago or something, right? And that, that's something that, that's always interested me, and I'd love to think about that. And thinking about computers and data storage is also something that's interesting. I'm thinking, well, what if, what if brains have some sort of translation layer where they store, obviously, our synapses and our neurons don't store data any anywhere close to how it's chemical versus the digital zeros and ones but what what if our brain stores the 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 not the words but the thoughts that are important in a scene and it sort of goes through this reconstruction phase where it takes all of these thoughts that are tagged with the scene and um melds them all together and makes a scene it, it's just so interesting and there's all these different methods of memorization some people see uh i don't think we should say that some people have only visual or only audio right yeah but but i think that it's undeniable that some people are a lot easier it's a lot easier for them to memorize anything visual or something right. auditory or hands-on or whatever um and i found that interesting and photographic memory has always obsessed me too wikipedia says that it doesn't exist but i'm not sure if i believe them i'll have to do no, some more research on that no but it exists 100 percent. yeah uh that's that's one thing i can't stress this enough even though even though Ben's mind thinks similarly to mine, uh, apparently, uh, everybody's so everybody's mind thinks differently. 
So this isn't going to work for everybody. I can't stress that enough. It's please don't copy me because you could end up with a disorganized system of thinking. And yeah, it's just not good. So, uh, or, or Ben, Ben, yeah. you you might you might want to. I I don't know. You can yeah. copy me if you want. Sure. <laughs> it, it seems similar enough. Yeah. Yeah. It, I I I've I I think maybe not to in different ways. You don't have to imagine a bunch of little circles with lines connecting them or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that integration is a really important part of everything because everything is integrated, and when you ec- recognize that integration. That, that enriches our understanding of things so much more. Um, we, we were just learning out fragmentation yesterday in our, our homeschool group and how it doesn't work well pretty much ever. It, we need stuff to be together and to make sense as a whole. It, yeah. Integration, knowing relationships between things is really important. And right. Yeah. Some people are really good at that, have pattern-oriented minds, and that's always amazing to see. And some people aren't as good at it but we all have amazing capacity to recognize patterns and develop relationships between different subjects and mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. it's an important thing to skill to have yeah all right thank you thank you uh the third and final one is the researcher now this one is kind of does what i was what i was uh, saying a bit ago and he looks at the patterns and he finds ways that information can be efficiently delivered mm-hmm. and uh this is the this is the one that that makes connections or solidifies connections uh makes connections for different subjects like like something in math isn't going to have the same connections as something in history but they will or they might have certain themes because yeah yeah they both have history to them and they both have math in them or math mathematicians and yeah discoveries of math and stuff like that so yeah the the researcher researches the information and uh relays back the information to the observer who can then communicate it to the world yes so it is this sort of connection between it's like a it's like a almost like a ring a circle a uh a triangle uh-huh. of uh people of people in my mind <laughs> it's the observer goes first uh and there's sort of this connection off to the world off to the side uh, there is I'm trying to make a diagram in my mind. Uh, there's the connection between the observer and the organizer. Organizers uh, part of the triangle. Uh, the organizer goes to the researcher, and the researcher goes to back to the observer. So that is David's. Bra- that's a crash course on <laughs> David's brain. The way I think is interesting. Sometimes I say words that make sense to only some people <laughs> because the the connections are there for me and not for others. But yeah, yeah, that's just one of my quirks. So, what do you guys, what do you guys think about 
that. Yeah, yeah, like, it's like what you were saying about jokes. I was, when you are talking about jokes, I was thinking about inside jokes, is it's only funny to you because of the mental association that you hold. And so the inside jokes might not seem funny to other people because <laughs> they don't have the same associations that you do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and also when we were talking about, um, about mem- memorization techniques, and I was thinking about songs, which is a very useful tool, especially mm-hmm. when you associate uh, the information to a tune. That's how I learned my multiplication tables, is by singing a song in which the lyrics are the multiplication tables of the twos or the threes or so yeah. on. Mm-hmm. However, there's a dangerous pitfall, is that if this song contains another part that sounds similar, you, your brain will often mix up those two parts and you get incorrect information. Or worse yet, you get stuck in a loop and can't remember anything past the the loop. Yeah. Yep. I, I think we, we didn't really mention that too much, but yeah, the audio is, at least for me, and I think that for you guys too, the audio is, and everyone really, the audio is an amazing memorization technique. How is it that we can memorize a, a three-hour musical after listening to it two or three times, and yet we struggle to remember the words that we just read? So use music when possible. But like, like you said, Mac, that's one of the most dangerous pitfalls of using music to memorize anything because if there's repetition almost any repetition it's so easy once you've drilled it enough times and it just becomes mindless pretty much to go back to the beginning and you're you're confused wait what just happened yeah so i am now interested to hear how you guys think even if okay so (laughs) what first of all what i mean by mind palace in regards to what i just said Uh is that all of this all of these people in my mind live in a like a mind palace uh-huh. and there are in that in that uh galaxy of information <laughs> if you want to put it there there's uh, is there another word than galaxy that seems like i'm bragging <laughs> about the amount of information i've done but but um stars those stars of information let's say those orbs connection between the orbs constellations um there are images associated with that and the images are throughout the the palace i guess but but i almost imagine it as if it's all happening in the sky of this palace if that makes sense so it's like the the roof or or there is no roof and you're just looking at the no 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 just the sky or something like that huh yeah, but but there are images in the palace associated with it. So maybe it's it's uh it's like happening on the floor and the, the ceiling. I'm not sure, but it's it's all sort of the dimensions are all weird. Uh yeah, that's that's how I think. How do you guys think even if it's not a a mind palace sort of thing? I haven't really thought about my mind palace. Uh, I'm not I I haven't given that much thought. This is some a new a new idea to me. However, this conversation recalled something. I, I guess this is about memorization and mental association because, you know, um, I've watched many TED Talks before. They're very entertaining. Oh, yes. But this conversation reminded me of one, The Art of Misdirection by Apollo Robbins. Um, oh, yeah. On TED Talks. And he was talking about how he can steal people's watches without them noticing because they can, they, you'd think that people would feel it. Apollo Robin used this analogy for the mind in which the people whom he tricks. And so the way he, 
the way he'd explain it was, there, there's a little, there's a guy inside your brain, and he's sitting at a desk, and on the desk is a computer with a monitor that leads out to all of your senses, your cameras, the sensor, all this, all the sensors that you have. So, when, when you're trying to remember something, Frank gets up from his desk, he turns around, and he goes into a, a, a file cabinet, and then he files through his information, and then he can go back to the monitor. And so what Apollo Robbins does to dull one's senses is he asks them to recall information. And so this little man inside of everybody's head turns around and leaves his monitor and leaves people vulnerable um, without the use of their senses. And that's how he does it. So I, I guess that's a form of mind palace. Yeah. Mm. I I think that's a yeah really really interesting thought about our, our mental capacity. It it's very pointed and directed. Where at, we as humans aren't very good at multitasking. That's another thing that really fascinates me. Multitasking because um, I'm not sure about you all, but I have found great enrichment in listening to audiobooks or podcasts at two or three times the speed, and. Well, the main argument that people have given to me when I've told them that against it is that you're not comprehending the information as much, right? But I think that what I could say to that is if I don't comprehend the information and I usually understand what I don't, I'll miss some some detail of the scenery or something, I can go through and listen to whatever it is again. And if it's at two times the speed, I can listen to it twice in the same amount of time it would have taken me to listen to it once at a normal speed. And that way, well, I may have missed more information on the first try than I may have on uh, the, the normal speed. On the second try, I can grasp it, even more information as I go through it again. Go listen to that or read a book. Same thing. So I think that's really, uh, at least for me, that's a helpful way of absorbing information. And while I'm, uh, audiobooks in particular are a very useful um for me, because I, I can go do other, I can go outside and chop the wood, or or I can do something productive on the computer, or I can clean up, or something like that, while I'm listening to audiobooks, and that's something that's pretty much mindless, and that, that that's my way, at least, of absorbing the information, and when I'm reading a good book, for example, I think we've talked about some good books, particularly those by C.S. Lewis, such as The Four Loves, you can make all of these connections in your brain, and it's just this this amazing thunderstorm of all of this information connecting and all of these new wires being formed between the, the, the circles. <laughs> and it's amazing when those new relationships are formed. Um, I'll give the example. I think we will have a podcast on education at some point, um, the three of us being classically educated. Um, we've understood from a, a semi-young age the, the, the three stages of, of the trivium, that we, we have the the grammar and the dialectic and the rhetoric and right now i think that at least max and i are are still in the dialectic and maybe moving into the rhetoric but david is more in the rhetoric and what what were what, the, the way those three processes work because those words probably mean nothing to you unless you know about classical education is that in grammar we're being given as the term suggests the grammar we're giving then given the basics of the foundation on which all the information is being thrown at us. And that's when we're relatively young, I think four to 11, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're just throwing information at it and hoping it sticks. And it usually does because they like to encapsulate it in songs. And like you were saying earlier, Max, 
we have so many songs. If, if you ask us, I don't know, what, what's an adverb? An ad- adverb modifies a verb adjective or another adverb and answers the question, how and where, why, how to, how much, to what extent, not what condition. And we have oh all these goodness. songs. <laughs> and we can tell you all of the, all of the, um, what, what would we tell you, the prepositions and the indefinite pronouns and all, all of these things. We've been just, they, they threw it at us. We had no idea what it meant. It, it was just all of this, this song. And then he memorized it. And, oh, it's so fun to run around and dance to it and whatever. But then once we turned 12, they, they started bringing us into understanding what, what all that information that they threw us threw at us meant. That we we make the connections before with all, all these little independent circles. But now they start saying, hey, look it. See these indefinite pronouns connect to your Latin sentences over here. Oh, a new, a new connection's formed. Oh, look at that this science references this geography you memorized over here. Oh, a new connection's formed. And so on. And and as we develop more and more of those connections and then and the rhetoric we get to actually execute on those connections. But it it's uh, that's our how how we've pretty much been brought up to learn. And I think that's how my ma- mind palace, I suppose. I, I haven't really thought of it as such until now. But I suppose that's sort of how it works. I, I get information and I usually don't understand it until I have someone who's knowledgeable or I find some knowledgeable source and I can make those connections and d- develop more and more. Yeah. So I, okay. So I'm really glad you brought this up. Thank you, Ben, because <laughs> this system of thinking thrives on classical education. Let me just say, but it, Oh, I wonder why that is. <laughs> but, but the thing is I structured my, my three people after those stages of learning so the the first person is like the grammar they they get information they're thrown information at them Uh and they collect it they then the 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 carting off is sort of that connection between the grammar and dialectic the dialectic makes the connections yeah and then the third person the researcher a researcher Uh uh-huh yeah uh takes those connections and naturally executes them like you were saying they 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 uh they use the information exactly the, you use the connections they use everything so that is yeah that is how it works uh it doesn't okay what's what's the final word it it doesn't take a genius to do this it's not, not some all. sort of some sort of out of this world thing it can be done relatively easily it just takes imagination yeah and it takes uh your all all of your your mind combined together to make this and be creative with making a mind house and it's really fun yeah and get get to know yourself and how you think and what you think about and what are your habits and etc yeah yeah and i think that methods of memorization are a, a really neat field in general and something very useful to have as you probably gathered right now we've referenced it enough times that um david and max and i all do a shakespeare group where we memorize a bunch of shakespeare over a few weeks and then put on some performances and that that's really fun it's one of the best parts of our summer but in that we we've um come to do a lot of experimentation with memory because sometimes we have quite a few shakespeare lines and it's when we just try to sit down and say them over and over again, that is not the best method of memorization, and it doesn't always, it's not the fastest, it's not the most efficient. So 
in our exploration. I think David's found mind palaces. Um, I, I found the method of Loki a, a little bit, and mnemonics. Mnemonics are another interesting. They're, they're not quite as useful, I think, as the mind palaces or the method of Loki, but it's sort of the the method of Loki. I suppose would fall under a mnemonic device, sort of. It, it's a memory device, pretty much, that adds information retention based on something else. So you can code on like your fingers and toes, or you can think of some sentence, um, great big dragons fly airplanes, um, whatever it is, then it's just a method of encoding some, some sort of information. It's like the guy who, how many thousands of digits, I think it was 60 something thousand digits of pi that somebody memorized. Right. Yeah. 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 And that was mnemonics. And people, some people are really good at card counting where they can count exactly how many cards were previous in a deck and which ones they were. So stuff like this is useful, but I think that it's a probably small um, application scenarios. You have right, to make yeah. a new one for each different thing. Exactly. Versus a mind palace, it's a very all-encompassing thing. That's all of your thinking is categorized into it, pretty much. Yeah, that that's the thing, and also because it's so small scale, it's easily forgotten. Yes, at least by me. And so I find that using a mind palace and building using my mind palace, I end up retaining information longer but if i'm studying for a test um and then studying the information again after that for long term you know yeah. application i might use a mnemonic device and then or even use the method of loki and then go back and see how that can be how that can have more even more connections that i had yeah. already applied to it so yeah yeah and i think that memorization is it's, it's it's really good to have a method of memorization where whatever you're memorizing sticks with you because when we're in the mindset we, we try to combat this to some degree but when we're in the mindset of i'm memorizing this because it'll come in useful on this test mm -hmm. so that i can pass this next right test. no that's not the point of the exactly. test in the first place and we will do an episode on education and we'll probably rant quite a good deal about how that's not the best way to do things and yeah it, it's pretty inefficient to motivate students based on the fear of failing just to memorize for one thing because then often people will just forget it right after they finish the test it's you're you, not you just shove it all in there if you're not comprehending it you shouldn't regurgitate you shouldn't exactly. be just regurgitating information and then forgetting it it's it's it needs to be yeah. there needs to be connection exactly there needs to be integration uh also i the, the thing about mind palaces is they don't take much time they don't take no. years and years but they do take time, and if you have to memorize something within the next few, I don't know, weeks, next month, or something, a, a friend asked me uh, some memorization techniques, because uh, he has to memorize a bunch of uh, Shakespeare lines. Why do I keep saying it's just Shakespeare? It's all Shakespeare. It's all Shakespeare. It's all Shakespeare. Uh, but he has to he has to memorize a bunch of lines, and the thing is. The only other ways I know are uh, through song uh -huh. and listening to myself, the method of Loki, and repeating it over and over again. Yeah. Because if you if you keep doing that as your main mode of memorization, you eventually get decent at it. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people have told me, I can't do this, but they told me when they're memorizing Shakespeare in particular that... They, they can imagine the page in their head and see the lines and sort of read off. And well, mm -hmm. I think that the one person who has told me that has an amazing memory. I would, someone call it photographic 
and oh yes it, yes but I, I i can't do that and for a while i my technique for memorizing anything was just to sit on my bed on my back with whatever the information was above me and close my eyes and think of it Re- read read the list close my eyes think of it and then i couldn't think of it and then i would get angry at myself and I'd open <laughs> my eyes and then try to do it again and fail again Uh-oh. just do that until i succeeded and so that's not a very efficient method because you're it, for one, you, you, it's it's pretty frustrating when there's the the one last word that you've done so many times, but you just can't remember it. There, there's so much more efficient ways, like method of Loki and mind palaces. Okay, well, is that? Do you have any, Do you have any other thoughts, either of you? Um, I don't think I do. All right, Max. No, no. All right. Okay. All right. Well, do you want to do the outro, Max? Send your questions, queries, quandaries, and corrections to retroconretrospect at gmail.com. You said the thing. <laughs> yes, it will be in the description. And feel free to send us, uh, yes, if you have any thoughts at all on the podcast, please send them to Ooh, us. Yes. We would like to know how your memory palaces, if any, work and what techniques you used up until now to memorize things. Yes. That's, that would be very interesting to us. So. Oh. Retrocon Retrospect, signing off. Signing off. Signing off. Bye. Bye.